Hello! Welcome back to the Celtics Lab Podcast. We have a very special edition. This is Cameron, but I'm about to log off. And what you're going to hear is a conversation with Justin, Dr. Justin Quinn, and the one and only Robert Parrish. Justin and Mr. Parrish are going to talk about the 75th anniversary honors that have been given out this year, the all-star selections coming up, what Celtics might be on that all-star team, and Robert Parrish gives some advice to Robert Williams. You don't want to miss that. So, Thanks for listening to the Celtics Lab podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. And you can find more of this wonderful content on Celtics Wire. Thanks for listening. First of all, I'd like to thank you for the interview. It's an honor. Uh, you know, I grew up watching you on television like so many of us did. And to actually be able to talk to you is, is really, really cool to me. Well, thank uh, you. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Mm-hmm. So this is an important year. It's the 75th anniversary of the NBA and someone honored as not only part of the league 75th anniversary team, but also it's 50th. How did it feel to be so honored? And what are your thoughts on, on your peers uh, who did not make the 50th anniversary team, but did make the 75th? Well, they made one of the teams, which is always a good thing. And how, to answer your question about how I felt, uh, I felt proud. I felt honor. I felt like, uh, it was validation and verification uh, about my career. And, and uh, I think it was a great way to uh, be, re- be rewarded for the work, the sacrifice, the dedication that you put in over the years. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion of it and how I felt. My little bird chest was stuck out. I bet it should be. Yeah. Uh, so as a nine-time All-Star, it's safe to say that you know the game about as well as anyone as to what it takes to be one. Mm-hmm. So ahead of this year's All-Star game in Cleveland, Ohio on TNT, there are a number of potential All-Star first-timers. Does anyone stick out to you as a likely candidate to make the All-Star game for the first time? Not really. No one comes to mind, to be honest. Yeah, because most of the people that, that deserve to, to uh, be an all-star, mm-hmm. most of them are very, uh, I can't think of anybody offhand that's been uh, slighted, but I'm sure there are. Because it's always, no matter who, who has been selected, there are always players that are just as deserving to be an all-star, just not enough room on the roster for those players. That's going to touch on something I have to ask you about the All-Star game as well. But for me, I think it's going to be uh, John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. I think he's uh, almost certainly going to be an All-Star this year. You know what? Now that you mentioned his name, <laughs> he is very deserving of being an All-Star. I don't know whether he is an All-Star, but if he's not, he is, it certainly is deserving. And I think uh, the honor of being an All-Star is in his future. Because he is impressive for a second-year player. Very impressive. Indeed. Now, in terms of the Celtics, uh, with whom he spent 14 seasons, pretty impressive. Uh, Do you think they managed to get two All-Stars this year? Or do you think that there's a chance that it's just going to be one for them? There's a possibility that it could be two. But I, 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 I have my reservations because they're not winning. Yep. Like they normally win. So both of them may not may not get the honor 
uh, of being an all-star, but they, both of them are certainly deserving of, of being an all-star. So we just going to have to sit tight and, and see what happens. In your opinion of the two that we're talking about, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who do you think is more likely to end up an all-star of the season? I would say Tatum because he gets the most pub. He's the most popular of that duo. And uh, he, he appears, uh, this is just me saying this, I don't know for certain. He appears like he's the leader or one of the leaders uh, on, on that ball club. So I would have to say if one of them is, is chosen, it had to be Tatum. Okay. And speaking of Boston, what are your thoughts on Robert Williams? Do you think he'll ever make an all-star game? And what do you see as his, as his ceiling? Well, I, I think a lot of, it's a lot of potential there. I think what might hinder him is uh, a mentor, the right mentor. Okay. He need a mentor that's played the position, not a guard or a forward trying to tell a center how to play the center position. It'll be like me trying to tell a guard or a forward how to play the position when I never played that position. And I think that's one of the issues with the NBA coaching. They don't have enough big man coaches. They got coaches for the forwards and the guards, you know, the little people. But what if the, the bigs need love too? Uh, when are you going to coach? Uh, any thoughts on that? We'd love well, to see. First of all, I got to get an opportunity. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now that actually leads in really well to my next question about Robert Williams, which is if you could give him one piece of advice, what would it be? Have unconditional belief and confidence in yourself. Mm. Because, because things, like everything else in life, you know, your career is going to ebb and flow. You're going to have good times and bad times. So you just got to have unshakable confidence in yourself and find, if, if, if he can, seek out a former NBA center. Okay. And have that person work with him. Because for me, uh, I had Clifford Ray in my corner. Ooh, I've got a question about him later. We'll get to Clifford Ray in a little bit, but it's very different. different I'm sure baby. you can guess what it is. Yeah, I, I had Clifford Ray uh, as a mentor at the, to uh, guide me and help me, you know, navigate uh, the challenges of the NBA. So that would be my advice to uh, Mr. Williams. Okay. Now, I, I don't know if this is true because I couldn't track down the original article in it, but you once reportedly said that Mike Mitchell, Jamal Wilkes, and Bill Lambeer were among the NBA silent killers or people who you can't really measure their impact in terms of statistics. I'm wondering who are those players today and are any of them Celtics? Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, I definitely remember. Al Harford. Oh, definitely. I was I was Al definitely Harford. thinking of him. Excellent. He's a, he's a difference maker uh, oh, yeah. for, for, for the Celtics, uh, for 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 sure. And uh, one of the uh, uh, I'm having a bad with my having a brain freeze here. Oh, I have that all the time. Trust me. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my. Uh, Anywhere else around the league? I'm like I said, I'm having a brain freeze. That's, oh, that's, no worries. If it comes back to you, just let I, me know. I can't think of of, uh, of the player's name right now that uh, 
is impactful, but don't get a, a, a lot of attention. Matter of fact, he plays with Denver, and I think he may be hurt now, was hurt. A very good shooter, uh, forward, and I can't think, I can't think of his name uh, offhand. I'm having a, a brain freeze. Yeah, you know what? I, I know exactly who you talked about. He just had back surgery, and I'm having the same. Yeah, exactly. That's him. Yes. <laughs> no That's question. okay. Yeah. Uh, in terms of watching Joe Jackson come back to the Celtics brief of this season, it made me think of your remarkable longevity in the league at mm -hmm. 21 seasons. Yeah. Uh, you both used yoga to extend your careers. What advice would you give players today to extend their, their NBA careers longer? Nutrition, mm -hmm. so, uh, it's paramount. Uh, and also uh, stretching is, is, is very, very important. I think there's one of the reasons why I was able to play as long because as you age, you get tighter and stiffer and you start to lose your flexibility. And that's one way of, of uh, staying mobile and agile. Stretching mm -hmm. is very, very important. Uh, and and got to realize the season when as you get older the season is never over in terms of training and conditioning and paying attention to what you do and, and what you put in your body, you know this you 12, 12 year twelve months out of a year there's no off season for the older player and and, and that's the advice that I I will pass on to players that are thinking about playing having a long career. There are no off seasons and you got to take excellent care of yourself. That's paramount. Vegetarianism, is that a, a major factor for you as well or no? Repeat that. Vegetarianism, a vegetarian diet? I'm not a, a, a true vegetarian. Mm -hmm. I don't eat red meat, but I do eat fish and chicken. Chicken, I, I, I must admit that I try to be a vegetarian, but <clears throat> when, when I don't eat meat, I lose too much weight and I don't have no weight to lose, especially when I was playing. <laughs> you know, I was already light in the pants to start with. So uh, I, I tried to, to be a true vegetarian, but I was just losing too much weight. So I, I started eating fish and chicken again, but uh, it certainly plays a part uh, because uh, it's healthier. Uh, and also I would advise uh, players to watch your sugar and your, oh, so yeah. and your soda, sodium consumption, because that de that dehydrates you and it fatigues you. And we all know that fatigue make cowards all out of all of us. Yep. And that's the last thing you, you, you want to do is have your career uh, cut short because you couldn't keep yourself in shape. Michael Porter Jr., I believe, is the, the name we were looking for earlier. Thank you. <laughs> it just popped in my head. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Yeah. So the, the mid-range shot was a principal tool in your arsenal, and it's making kind of a comeback after the three-point shot kind of dominated things for a while. I mean, it never went away entirely, but, I mean, it's, it's getting a kind of a, a renaissance, shall we say. What other skills would you recommend contemporary big man developing? Uh, I would have to say that it's not necessary for them to have a three-point range, but be consistent. You know, if, if you're going to be a mid-range on in and play with your back to the basket, 
be consistent with it because I always feel like you don't have to be a three-point shooter to be effective in today's game, but you've got to be able to put the ball in the basket. Okay. Two points, it's still putting points on the basket. I mean, points on the board. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, Kevin Durant is keeping the, uh, the mid-range game alive and well and, and, and important, you know, and relevant. And so, and also Clay Thompson is, is another good mid-range shooter, but he still had a three-point uh, range also. And and uh, and I like that because the, the, I always felt like if, if you could have a mid-range, mid-range game, you can play in any era because pretty much today the three-point, this is, I call this the three-point era right here, thanks to the Warriors. You know, they got everybody <laughs> launching up threes that shouldn't be launching up threes because they don't shoot the ball like the Warriors do. But but that being said, you know, they piggybacking off whoever wins it. So that's the way this league works. Copycat league indeed. So I know you have a lot of stuff going on, so I'll just give you one more question. Mm-hmm. Since we're at the three-quarter century mark of NBA's history, in your opinion, what is the most important moment in league history so far? And what do you think is in store for the NBA in the future? In my opinion, uh, how we handled and, and, and the uh, protocol that was put into place to deal with this pandemic, I, I thought it was interesting and fascinating the concept the NBA came up with last year for the playoff with that in the bubble. I think they call it in the bubble. I definitely like uh, that concept and that philosophy of isolation and and uh, to help uh, cut down on contamination. And also, I like the fact that the NBA has all, always been one of the leaders in terms of all the sports t- uh, organizations on civil rights. We've always been out front and ahead of, of uh, sending that message out that we are all for equal rights, equal opportunity, uh, social justice. And that's one thing that I'm very proud of about being a former NBA player and that we are concerned about everybody, not just about ourselves, that we all should have that attitude. That made me really happy. Uh, to, to watch unfold. I, I really hope we see more of that moving forward. Um, in terms of the future of the NBA, do you see expansion? You know, I'm here in Mexico City. Uh, do you see overseas expansion here to Mexico or to some other part of the world? Um, like, what do you think of the future of the league? What, what, what's what's going to be coming next? Oh, I, I think we're going to be global one year. One, one, not one year, but one of these days. <laughs> And I think that I think the NBA is laying the, the foundation and the groundwork for that now, uh, because they they send uh, players, former players and current players, including myself, you know, over in Europe a lot. I've been to Europe a lot, been to the Asian countries a lot, promoting the NBA. I've been to Mexico a few times, promoting the NBA. So I think it's just a matter of time because the NBA is still building those relationships. And that for, uh, from what I've been told, one of the, the holdups is uh, those countries don't have a facility big enough to make it worthwhile financially for the league, to, for the NBA to play over, to play more than one or two games, you know, to go over there and, and 
say, stay for two weeks and play four or five games. You know, it just don't make sense right now. The bottom line don't make sense. So I think once they work out the logistics of ter in terms of where they're going to play it, I think that's when you're going to see more NBA presence and more NBA games being played. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for your time, Robert. I really, yeah, thank really you. appreciate this interview. For, for having me. Thank you. Definitely.